Hi, I'm Devin Moore, your host for Humanity Rising's Race to Speak Up podcast and founder of Hashtag Race to Speak Up, an anti-bullying organization. The Race to Speak Up podcast is a place where we have open and engaging conversations about bullying prevention, how to be upstanders, and how we are making a positive change in our communities. So the question now is, how do you race to speak up? Hello and welcome to the Race to Speak Up podcast. I'm your host, Devin Moore. Today's guests are Christina Varney, Angela Varney, and Barbara Buckley from Annie's Kindness Blankets. They are the founders of Annie's Kindness Blankets, a nonprofit organization dedicated to hashtag be the voice and help stop the stigma surrounding depression and suicide. In March, 2015, the Varney sisters lost their mom to depression. Through their grief and in honor of Annie's 35 years on this earth, they made 35 kindness blankets to give to anyone that may be struggling, battling setbacks, or just may need a reassuring hug. Through their outreach with Annie's kindness blankets, the Varney sisters and their aunt have become an inspiration and a beacon of hope to so many. Welcome, Christina, Angela, and Barbara. How are you all doing? Hey, we're doing fabulous. Thank you. Thank you for having us over. Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> well, awesome. It's great to um, have you all here. And first, I want to say that I am sorry for the loss of your mother, Annie Marie Varney. I know that that's huge. And I didn't want to just jump on the podcast conversation without acknowledging that. Oh, thank, thank you so much, you. Evan. Appreciate that. Now, tell us about Annie's Kindness Blankets. Um, Christina, would you like to start us off? Yeah, sure. So um, we started Annie's Kindness Blankets in 2015 um, after we lost our mom to suicide. Um, And it was a very dark time in our lives. And there's really, there's no step-by-step how-to on how to grieve and what it's like to lose somebody, Um, especially a parent. When you have, you lose, when a daughter loses her mother, there is no loss quite like that. Um, so we were in the dark for a really long time. And before my mother died, um, actually me, Barbara and Angela, we and my mom, um, we made a no sew blanket, which is just taking two pieces of fabric, cutting strips and then tying them together. And I remember we made them in our house and it was just such a good memory um, that I have with my mom. And so at the time we were like, okay, well, why don't we just do something to kind of just spread some positivity, spread some kindness because Um, you know, my mom was battling depression and she needed somebody to, you know, be kind to her. Um, and she died at age 35. So we decided let's make 35 blankets and just take them to whoever needs them. And we decided to pick a hospital to start out with. Um, and we just brought up these 35 bags to a random floor. I think it was like, um, pediatrics floor, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And we just brought them up and we were just like, hey, we're here to drop these off. And that's kind of what kickstarted this whole thing. Then little by little, we started taking them to more hospitals and um, care centers and stuff like that. And when word started spreading around, we were like, okay, well, let's make this an official thing because we're helping people. Now, instead of just bringing them to people randomly, people are actually reaching out to us and asking them for us, whether it's for themselves or somebody else. So then we started with blanket making events that we would hold at a hall and hundreds of people came, people from different states that we didn't even know who just heard of us from word of mouth or social media. And, um, 
yeah, ever since then, we've kind of just been on a roll, just making blankets and sending them out to whoever needs them for whatever reason. Wow, that's amazing that you were able to help others through the pain that you've gone through. Angela, would you like to add on anything else? She really um, nailed all of it, honestly. Um, Yeah, I mean, just to like add on, I mean, I feel like we were just in such a dark place and, you know, we, you know, days and weeks after, you know, people are there for you. They, they surround you and they wrap you with love, but, you know, eventually those people, they fall away and they go back to their own lives. And me and my sisters and Barbara and my family, we were stuck with a new life that we really didn't want, but we had to just adapt to and call it the new normal. And, you know, what we said to ourselves, we were like, you know what, no, this isn't normal and not enough people are talking about this and there's way too many people who are experiencing this and not talking about it and I think that's just what made us be like you know what we need to connect with other people on this we need to connect to other families and we need to connect just in general with like the public and just be like you are not alone in your troubles and there are other people who are struggling as well and we want to be able to help each other and show that you know there still are kind humans in this world uh, and that Mm -hmm. we can band together to you know some to push some serious positive change out there in the mental health community. Mm-hmm. And I know that on each of your blankets, you actually have words that help to promote um, that message of kindness. Um, what does it say and why is it important to include these words? I actually have the blanket right here. I'll go grab yeah. it. I think we all have one. Devin, I think you have one too. I have one. My brother has one. My dad has one. And my mom has one. I know you guys sent me or gave us some or sent us some. Yeah. Do you like me to read it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it says, too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, honest accomplishment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which has the potential to turn a life around. Anne-Marie Varney passed away on March 30th, 2015. She was an amazing person who had so much love in her heart. She would want you to know that everyone deserves kindness and love. This act of kindness is to honor Annie's life and to show how quickly kindness can put a smile on anyone's face. We hope this blanket forever keeps you wrapped in love and surrounded by kindness. And we added hashtag Annie's kindness blankets and hashtag remembering Annie. And those are um, ironed onto each blanket. Now that's beautiful. I love how... When I, I, knew, I remember when I first read that, I was like, this is such a beautiful message. Um, but why exactly is it important to have that message on there? I guess, I, I, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I think that for us, the message is important because, you know, when we put out these blankets, we didn't intend to like save people's lives. We simply just wanted to put a smile on their face. But I think there's varying degrees of kindness And even the smallest one, like, you know, sending someone a message, whether that's through a blanket or in person through text, you know, whatever way, um, and just letting them know that, hey, like, I'm here for you. And whatever you're going through, I might not understand it, but um, I'm going to wrap you in love regardless. And I'll always be there for you. And some people just don't have that in their life or they don't hear it enough. So I think that getting that message through the blanket and also having you know, that's our message, but the blanket is only just a symbol of mm. what we represent. And, you know, that symbol you can wrap around you, but you can also read on the blanket. And I think that was just important for us to include just in case, you know, anyone needed that reminder that when you're laying in bed and, you know, sometimes the corner of your blanket flips over and you see that message, just like, hey, you're not alone in your love. Mm-hmm. It's like a symbol of hope, right? So 
yeah. you know, you can be all by yourself and just be lost in the darkness of the world. But, you know, sitting right next to you is this big warm blanket that was given to you by, you know, created with so much love, but it's just a big symbol of hope. Like we still have hope, no matter what, we still have hope. And we get to hold on to that. And we have to like, you know, share it with others and remind others they still have hope. They still have hope, you know? Yeah. And Barbara, um, well, of course, all of you, but I want to start off with you when I ask this question. How are you and your family able to cope with this huge tragedy? I mean, you don't, right? I mean, it's always the elephant in the room. It's always, you know, you miss this big person in your life. I mean, obviously the girls are part of my heart, but, you know, Annie was my person. She, you know, I was 15 when she was born. She was my little best friend. I was her, you know, uh, matron of honor. She was my flower girl. I was there when both of these girls were born. I was her coach. Um, you know, she was my best friend and, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You don't know what the word blindsided is until you're blindsided. That word has no meaning until you're blindsided. And we, we have to live with it. So, so one part of us would trade anything to have her back, of course, but we can't do that. So and she was truly the sweetest, kindest, nicest person, not a bad bone in her body. Um, so to keep her in the sunlight where she belongs, this helps us heal because that's where she belongs. She's not, we can't let the way she passed away be who she is because that's not who she is. But at the same time, we want others to know that that's who they are. They are full of light and love. Like they're inspiring somebody. Somebody's out there looking at them and, you know, being inspired by them and they don't even know it. And um, it's a huge loss. We'll feel it for the rest of our lives. And, you know, we could dwell on it, which, you know, of course is easy to do, or we can turn it into something that's a little bit more healthy and peaceful and, you know, carries her along with us, but doesn't make it the horrible elephant in the room. It's now a lighter one. Like we see sunshine and hope that's circling around her now. And, you know, it's always been there before. She may not have believed it, but we all knew it. And so it's, it's something you'll never get over. It's just how you carry it forward that helps you keep moving. That's my answer. And I feel like the girls, um, they get that too. Like the first time we dropped off those 35 blankets, we were like so nervous. We had no idea what we were doing. We were in the throes of grief. I think we were numb, right? We were, we were completely numb. You know, I remember standing outside the hospital and the girls were very nervous, you know, almost to the point we didn't want to do it. And they were like, let's just do it. We'll just go do it. And after we dropped them off and and what we got back from the nurses, how excited they were about getting these blankets and these tote bags with this message. They were like so excited that we were all like, whoa, <laughs> wait, we're in so much darkness, but this little tiny bit of hope just made us feel better. Like they're, the way the nurses reacted to us made us feel better. So we were like, okay, okay, this is what we got to keep doing. We got to keep spreading sunshine. So nobody else has to walk through these, you know, this path that we do. You know, we're here for people and, and, you know, God forbid somebody did walk through the same path. At least they're not alone either. We know what that feels like too, you know? So we're here to, it, you'll never get over it. It's never going to go away, but we have found peace with how we're dealing with it. 
I definitely agree with Barb. Like, I mean, everything is just based off, everything in your life is based off of the way you react to it. Whatever, like whatever event, something that happens to you, like the way you react to it is what makes it positive or negative. And I mean, after we lost my mom, I just personally, I just felt so lost. Like for months, I just like didn't really even know what was going on. And I honestly just didn't even really care because I was just like, what the hell just happened to me? And uh, um, especially when people, you know, picked up and moved on with their lives, I was like, okay, but really now, like, what do I do? And um, I just, I, I feel like I didn't have a reason to move forward. And honestly, I don't know if I'm, I'm only speaking for myself, but I really just felt like I didn't have a reason to move forward. And I also thought was, I was like, depression, you know, is genetic. It runs in your family. Like what if, you know, something happens to me and, um, you know, it may, it just made me start thinking, you know, about getting help and everything like that too. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, this is something that you never get over, but we found a way to be able to, get up every day and push forward and say, hey, we might, we might not be able to get over this, but we can get through this and we can bring her with us. We're not mm-hmm. leaving her behind. We are going to bring her with us into the into the light that she deserved to be in the whole entire time. And we've banded together too, like the three of us, you know, are the team, AKB team or whatever, you know, we're a really strong team together. And if somebody's down for a minute, we'll pick, we'll pick the other person back up. But you know, collectively as a team, we've gone through it together, you know, arm in arm, side by side, you know, walking through the thick of it together. You know, it's not easy. It'll never be easy, but we've we found something that would help us breathe, you know? Um, And even for Chrissy, like, I feel like, you know, she, she, I think Christina, um, She's so good. She's such a good speaker. I always say that she should be on, uh, she should be, whatever she should do, she should be a public speaker because she does such a good job. And, you know, I she inspires me just by, when she speaks, she inspires me because I know in her heart, she feels, of course, her mom and all the sadness that came with it, but she also feels inspired by what's going on. And she believes in what she's talking about and you can feel it. And so I think, and even with Angie, like when she said, you know, for a year, she, she, she didn't know what was going on. She, she felt numb, you know? So even though this tragedy was, is always going to be a tragedy, we just, we just hooked each other up and picked each other up and we'll keep going and, and help as many as we can. And yeah. with Ian by our side. <laughs> I feel like a lot too, like no one really talks about like after you lose someone to suicide, how much it tears you apart like not only yourself but it tears you from everybody around you Mm -hmm. too like even though like we are a very close family and like me Barb and Chrissy like we are literally like this but when that had happened like it's almost as if everybody had to take a second to process it in their own way before we could come back together and Mm -hmm. I think that's also really important like Annie's kind of like it brings people together it brings families back together to have that uncomfortable conversation and even though it is uncomfortable and everyone's like just doesn't even know you know like people might not know what to say or do it just it literally just you just need to start somewhere with your family and uh, I feel like that's what we did and we're really really lucky that you know, Barb and, or whoever one of us, it was, you know, six years ago, that was like, Hey, we need to do something. Thank God for that. Because now I'm closer than ever with my family and they're my major, they are my support system. And I'm honestly just, I do feel lucky in that way. Definitely that we got the opportunity. 
to do that. Christina, would you like to add on? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that obviously this is something I'll never get over because growing, especially like my mom died when I was 14, like that, in that moment in life, like that's where you need like your mother the most. And so losing her at that age was really hard. And I definitely, you know, I've turned to Barbara to look for her as a mother figure, but all in all, no one will ever be able to replace her in any way or do what she did for us in any way. Um, and that's left me with, you know, a lot of trust issues, um, a lot of issues with communicating my feelings. But, you know, now like Angela and Barbara said, it has drawn us closer and it has made me be able to kind of force me to communicate with people about how I'm feeling and if I need help to reach out for help because, you know, you're no, everyone is human. Everybody needs help at some point in time. You know, you can't do things on your own. And I also think it's kind of caused my friends and just like people in my community to reach out to me personally to talk about, you know, their depression and, you know, people in their family who have suicidal thoughts, like asking me advice on what to do, what to say. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's just made me stronger, not only for myself, but for other people. Like, so I was meant to help other people too. That's actually a good point. I want to point out what Chrissy said is, um, you know, through Annie's Kindness Blankets, of course, we've we've done this to, you know, kind of heal our own hearts. But what we found is more people gravitate towards us because we are not afraid to put Annie in front of us and talk about it. We're not afraid to talk about suicide and depression. We will sit down and talk about it. We will have those tough conversations. And we almost give others permission to do it too. Because, you know, I, I've said this before too. We, when we had the blanket making events and people would come in, they'd come in for a variety of reasons. One would be to make the blankets to volunteer. Another would be because they have or are associated with suicide and depression in some way. And we've opened the door for people to come in and be more relaxed about it, you know, talking about it or getting through it. Um, we had like whole families come in and be like, we're coming here to make blankets and have a safe place to talk about suicide and depression as a family. And we're like, come on in or, you know, people reach out to us on email or, you know, um, they would just, I think that, especially Christina and Angie, at being younger faces, um, people gravitate towards youth who have a message. And like you too, Devin, like people gravitate towards you. Like they will me too, but I think you guys having a strong message and believing in it and believing what you're saying, um, it's almost created this little world of its own where that it's just filled with love and people trust what they're saying and will go to them if they have a problem. And, you know, out of all this, um, it's, it's become a really beautiful thing. Now, when it comes to like with me and my story, cause I went through bullying and then, uh, well, I went through racist cyberbullying in middle school. And so whenever I talk about that story to anyone, I've heard so many other people sharing their story when it comes to like suicide and it's never ever something that like you can really heal from. It's just something that mm -hmm. you need support. That's why I'm happy to hear that you all are able to bring each other up when one or the other are feeling down. And so I can, I can see from all of you, it's just so important. And I know something else, um, it was Angie, I think that brought it up earlier is like, cause I was gonna ask you, how can we start this conversation about suicide prevention? And um, you actually talked about how your blankets are able to bring up this topic, which I think is good. We definitely need something 
to make it make it I guess ease ease into the conversation Mm -hmm. how else can we talk about it how else can we bring up this conversation and talk about suicide prevention you know I personally always think and it's really hard because I did not think this way until after we lost Danny but I think that somehow we have to get to the point where if someone doesn't want to be here on this earth anymore we have to listen so you know usually people like take what somebody's saying and they they apply it to themselves. So if somebody said came to me and said, I don't want to be here anymore. It was somebody close to me. I'd be like, what? What are you kidding me? Look what you would do to me. Look what you would do to this person. But that's not what we should be doing. What we should be doing is saying, okay, I hear you. Let me help you. Like, let's, let's talk this through. Or, you know, it can't, you cannot make it about somebody else or about your feelings. You got to listen and you have to make it okay for somebody to say, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, to get people to that point, I don't know. You know, the blankets are a good start. People making the blankets, sitting around the blankets, having a conversation. It might just come out like, hey, yeah, I've thought about this before. And that's where the healthy conversation starts. It's when it's in a calm little, you know, manner. But it also has to be okay if somebody just wants to say it to you. You cannot you know, apply the feelings to yourself. You cannot get mad. You cannot do anything, you know, you have to not take away from the person that's talking to you. And I don't know how we get there. I mean, am I get, am I there now? Probably, but that's because I went through a tragedy. Um, It definitely needs to be a conversation where people just listen instead of apply their own feelings on top of it. I think like that conversation starts with the destigmatization of mental illness Mm -hmm. in the first place because I mean I think we've come a long way but we still have an even longer way to go because it's not just like depression and suicide and anxiety that needs to be talked about you know it's bipolar disorder um dissociative identity disorder schizophrenia like it's mental illness as a whole and I don't even think we can begin to have a conversation about it because well without you know taking away the stigmas of mental illness that like you know you're weak or you're weird or you're somebody that nobody wants to be around stuff like that don't get me wrong like mental illness and mental disorders it definitely eats away at you as a person and it completely changes who you are forever but I think people have to realize that you know depression and any other mental illness or disorder it's not pretty and I think it's something that's almost glamorized and it's something that like people want to be a part of and it's like no like this isn't pretty people only talk about you know oh well depression is you know you're just laying in bed all day and you're just really sad all the time and stuff like that but depression presents itself in hundreds of different ways that you know you someone you're close with right now probably has depression and you don't even know Mm -hmm. so it's just like like Barbara said, we need to listen, listen to people, listen to what they need, listen, say, Hey, like, okay, what do you want to do next? What can I do to help you? How can I be there for you? And they may not know it at the moment, but I do think that, you know, letting your, making somebody comfortable enough to let their walls down and not getting angry at them or, you know, keeping your reaction as just, you know, a supporting one, that's definitely a start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, like, we, it's, I mean, it's, that's a hard question to answer because, you know, we're still trying to figure it out, but um, I just lost my train of thought, but um, I was just going to say, um, 
sorry. Um, I'll do, I'll pick up for a minute while you're thinking, like, I feel yeah, I like I always say, if there was an Annie's kindness blanket here when Annie was alive and she went into a blanket making event where she was sitting there making a blanket and the story was about somebody that we lost, somebody that somebody lost that was truly sunshine for everybody. And, you know, this organization got together to, you know, let other people know that they're not alone. Would Annie say, okay, I'm not alone. And my answer is always yes. I will bet you she would sit there, she would look around and she'd be like, okay, I'm feeling these feelings. And wow, I didn't know all these other people got that too. Or I'm part of this conversation that I can never even speak of. Like, I think that there would have been hope for her, sure. I also think just to add real quick, um, I also think it's, this is kind of like broader than what we do, but overall kind of making healthcare like more affordable to the people that need it especially like if you don't have insurance or you have a crappy insurance like that's hard to even begin to make appointments mm -hmm. to find a therapist or a counselor to help you and also if you're in a community that doesn't you know support that or promote that it's hard to even want or even know how to get help in the first place like I think it's building more resources for people and definitely it does start out with a conversation and stuff like that and with the people around you but I mean overall you know it's like personally it was hard for me to find a therapist for a long time because when you're depressed like you don't even want you don't even have the energy to want to help yourself mm -hmm. so it definitely does take it does take more but um definitely starting out with having us establishing a support system is the biggest thing and if you're part of somebody's support system be there mean it because the hardest part about mental illness is feeling like everybody is going to abandon you. And, you know, a lot of people did that to my mom. Um, and I think that's why we just want to say we're not, we're not going to abandon you. Like, no matter what your mental illness looks like or how it presents yourself, you're always going to have somebody that is looking out for you. Right. Honestly, just like off of what Chrissy and Barb said is just like, literally starting that conversation, like, it's uncomfortable, but also I think that come with that comes expressing yourself. And I think that in this day of age, I think like people just want to be trendy. They want to be like everybody else. They want to be that girl. Like they want to um, be that ripped guy, you know? And I think people are forgetting how like authentic and individual we are each as a human, like, like there's nobody else like you. And for that, we deal with ourselves and so many in our in every different way like the way I process my emotions is completely different from the way Chrissy processes her emotions even though we grew up in the same house and our and our sisters you know and uh, um I definitely think like now like a lot of the times like people have given up like with mental health and stuff is because like people in our age like especially our generation are looking for like that quick fix like something to just like get them along and to like you know what I mean but I think what what we really need to destigmatize around mental health and mental illness is that this is something that you live with lifelong. And this mm -hmm. is something that you work on lifelong, but you work on it for yourself so that you can have a better quality of life. And I think that a lot of the times people are afraid and they feel as if they are a burden and they don't want to, you know, put, put their problems onto other people. But I don't think that people realizes, what people realize is that if they just even told somebody that they were hurting that, um, that they that you know that some maybe somebody could help them get the resources that they need or even just like you said just make them more comfortable with talking about themselves and just know that you know it is important to talk about yourself uh, 
You know what the funny thing is, is what Chrissy said earlier too, is like, um, you know, mental health is made up of so many items, right? So we could all be doing great, um, but you know, you're, it's made up of your social situation as well. Like, so you don't have money to get food. You don't know where your next paycheck's coming for your rent. You don't, you know, you can't get mental health help because uh, you can't find a doctor or the doctor doesn't take your insurance. So there's so many like different ways that will stop you and you just can't let it stop you. And that's the biggest thing you've got to have a lifeline. Everybody has to have that lifeline. Like, where is that? Who is that? You know, how is that? place that I go to that is my lifeline should I just should I just take a breather for a night and wake up in the morning and challenge myself to get through this again do I have a friend that I can always constantly have that lifeline out to um you know we can't all solve each other's problems but we certainly can hold each other's hands saying we got this like we got this you can't find a mental health provider let's just get on and figure it out we'll figure it out like um you know there's power in numbers and if you find a buddy that's your power buddy, um, you know, chances are you'll get through the next day and they'll, you know, they'll help you. And then vice versa, you might need that power buddy too. And, you know, it's all about just opening your arms and helping somebody out, even if it's in the smallest of ways, that's all it takes. You know, somebody needs to feel important for that split second because they don't even know where the next paycheck's going to come from. Um, so your mental health has so much to do with the society you live in, who's treating you the way they're treating you, who do you have by your side? Like, it's a group effort. And once we all get on that same page, even on the government level, um, you know, we'll be doing much better. We have really a lot to do. There's so much more work to do, but, you know, we'll do our part. We'll keep, you know, holding our arms out there. We're our buddies. We'll be your buddy too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's hard to get that conversation wrap your arms around how do we make this better? Because we have so much to do as a society, for sure. I, mean, I was going to say too, like, unfortunately, like a lot of people don't have, like, like they don't have like an actual situation where they can open up to their family and start talking about this stuff. Like a lot of people don't have parents or don't have siblings or just don't have support in any way. And I think that's why, you know, getting out on all forms of social media, you know, connecting with as many organizations as we can. And um, even hopefully, like in the future, I'd really love to see Annie's Kindness Blankets intertwined in the school system somehow. So we can connect with those younger underprivileged children that just simply don't understand that there is more help out there, that they're just not being provided with it. Yeah, I was actually about to bring up schools too, um, Angie, when it comes to I've actually seen different stories where it was like a teacher or some, I, I've actually seen this with parents too sometimes, is that they say um, that, well, only certain in certain situations, I'm going to say, uh, when it comes to suicide, they almost act as if it's not that big of a problem. They act like it's not an emergency. They act like it's not a 911 type of emergency. They say, oh, you have the number, just whatever with that, or you go back to class or you go whatever. And it's almost dismissing the fact that this is a serious situation. I, I remember, so I did a webinar um, where I spoke to um, a few other people. It was like centered about, um, centered around the topic was suicide prevention. And it was actually dealing with um, someone who they had their own uh, story of their own dealing with their child who unfortunately died by suicide. And they started talking about um, how like 
they didn't know, but they also talked about how there were certain times where it's like, I'm not trying to get off of your story at all. I'm just uh, bringing up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like there's teachers who would actually like, you know, really dismiss the fact that this is a issue in society and they wouldn't, they wouldn't be enough standard for that child. They wouldn't be that support for the child who, or anyone who's going through that depressed state, those suicidal ideations. And also just one thing, cause I know we're definitely talking about support. And that one word that I want to talk about in relation to support is upstanders, someone who's helping, you know, support whatever the other person's going through, whatever hardship, mental health um, problems that another person is going through. I think the word that we could use is upstanders and just embracing each, each other. Like you guys are able to support each other. And of course, I'm always here to support you. If you ever <laughs> need me, like, you know, as far as anything, yeah. it's, um, it's always something that we need is support. I know you guys just said, I know you all are saying that something that I think a lot more schools need to have integrated is like what you're saying is Amy's kindness blankets or is, you know, race to speak up or mm-hmm. have, you know, youth who really can understand that mm-hmm. and co- come in and speak to their students. Cause you know, when it's another youth, they, they really tend to listen. Like, oh, this, I agree. Is, someone, this is my peer. This is someone my age. Oh, let me listen. Oh, they mm-hmm. went through this. What are they doing now? Or how can we help mm-hmm. someone else? Oh, I have a friend who's going through mental health um, problems or suicidal ideations. How can I help them before it's too late? You know, I think schools need to have more of that. It may unfortunately be hard at times to get uh, speakers like that who are peers and, you know, someone the student's age that could come in. But we have us, you know, we're always there to help. We're always there to um, be that light and be someone that can support others so that this problem doesn't affect anyone else. Yeah, start that conversation for real. And I mean, you know, I, you know, we're at the other end of a lot of emails and, you know, honestly, there's so many like um, lately, you know, uh, suicides that are 11 year olds, 12 year olds, 13 year olds. Like I, I get blown away by some of them. Like I can't speak sometimes. Like how does a 10 year old even know about this? Like what, what is going on, you know? And it like, start, it does start in the classroom. You got to teach kindness in the classroom. It really does start there too, on both ends, right? You got to teach them to, it's okay not to be okay, but you have to also teach kindness to those that are not okay. So it kind of goes, you know, back and forth. So there's so, so much opportunity for schools to get a hold of this before it gets too late, you know? Um, hopefully that's what Chrissy and Angie, you know, and whoever the core team is that they bring up under them to go with them or whatever. Cause you know, at some point they're going to be out there running this, they're going to be out there speaking and they have walked this walk and spoke this, you know, they've lived this, they're still living this. Um, so they know what it's like to feel alone, but they also know what it's like for their mom to have felt alone. You know, we, you know, looking back at, you know, last couple of years of Annie's life, like I can honestly tell you, I saw her trying to stay here. I saw her try and it was stacked up against her and you know what we know now is not what we knew then and we're hoping that our our story and our experience helps others to know um to be more compassionate more empathy with people you know it's just hard it the whole thing's hard but having conversations and understanding that every single person you meet is going through something every single person 
And like, like you said, Devin, like it definitely, it does start in school because you have to attack this topic young. You have to raise awareness for this topic to young kids because it's going to stick in their brain forever. Like, I think that, you know, my mom, I think her mental, her depression and her mental issues, they started at a younger age. And especially it was during a time where mental illness wasn't really talked about. It was still a taboo topic. And like you said, that's why I think it's so important for younger people to jump on this and to kind of be the voices because, you know, no offense to the older generations, but they don't understand it like we do. Or we they, but to- they don't know how yeah. to talk about it. They don't know how to go about it because, like I said, it was so just unspoken of. We so swept it under the rug for sure. Yeah. You're right. Though. And when people do tell you, like, like you said, like, oh, just call like the suicide hotline. You know, I've called the suicide hotline, not for myself, but for somebody I know who was suicidal and it was not helpful. Like not every resource is a good resource, unfortunately. And that's why it's so important to start that conversation in your community itself so that you can build better resources for people that need it. And I definitely think that it's important for young people. It's important for, you know, young black children, people of color. That's why I think it's so important for you to be doing what you're doing and to represent that because, you know, it's already hard enough. Like I'm white. I don't know what that's like. I've never experienced racism, you know, through bullying and I've never experienced um, racism in the healthcare system, but it's terrible. And that's also something that, you know, I feel very passionately about because it's something that older people don't understand and there's not enough resources for younger people like that. So yeah, it definitely is something that it needs to be started in a school system because you're at school from age, what, four to 18? Yeah, majority of your life. Every year, every all of it, like th- for 13 years of your life, that's your community. Like that's the people that you see the most. People see their teachers, their schoolmates more than their own parents. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that, you know, kids sometimes feel safer at school than they do at home. So that's you definitely know- what needs to it needs to be a safe community around mental illness and stuff like and what Chrissy's saying like the older generation not necessarily me just because I've like walked this walk now but the older generation thinks if you talk about suicide it's going to make it happen and it doesn't like some some parents don't they don't even want to bring it up because if you bring it up then somebody's going to know about it like it's not they don't think it's going to be an educational conversation they'd rather just tuck it under the rug you know and with Annie's kindness blankets I think like you know, you go into a school, you're making blankets, you have a safe place, you're making this beautiful, warm, everlasting hug to give to somebody else. Why are you giving it to somebody else? Because they feel not the best in their world. They are having issues, like this is to make them feel better. Like the conversation from kindergarten all the way up to like a senior, all the way up to college, like you can you can grow that conversation based on your audience, but it's still the same conversation. Everybody has issues, you need to be kind, you don't know what they're going through. And you know, at the end of the day, you need to love each other the best you can. It's okay to have your boundaries up. So we have to remember that too. But, you know, you're there to help everybody. You know, you're there to like join as a team and make this a conversation that just isn't put under the rug anymore. Yeah, I definitely, I was getting, sorry. I was just going to say something about schools. I was, I'm really interested in that. Um, 
you know, it's, it's really sad to hear how, like, just, like, seeing, like, teachers who are literally in the position where they really could change, like, really could just give that kid, like, what they needed to hear because they aren't getting it at home. It really is really sad to hear how, like, dismissive, you know, some people are who are actually in a position where they could help. And mm -hmm. I honestly feel like this just comes down to, like, working mental health into the school systems like Chrissy's right like kids absorb literally everything they're saying whether they're at home or they're at school because those are the two places they are when they're young when you're young and um if we are if we are you know creating even something in the common core like a like a piece of that like we literally have something for physical fitness why aren't we putting something there for our mental health like we should be educating these kids and honestly a lot of the times I think these teachers don't know what to say because they aren't educated on these topics either. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, I think like a lot of people, like they said, like, you know, are embarrassed to ask for help to ask, you know, or to ask about it. Like they just don't know how to go about it because they don't want to say the wrong things, but also not saying something is saying something. Yeah. And I think people need to realize is that, you know, this silence doesn't help anyone. Yeah. So it's we're hashtag be the voice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really is important to have these things integrated into schools. I always think, I kind of, I think of it like how you said, Angela, like we have physical education, we have these certain classes, but why not mental health? We need mental health. That we is a it. big part. Like we are in this environment for a large majority of our lives, of our young, still developing, our minds are still trying to figure things out lives. And we should have mental health as a part of that. I mean, that should be, that environment should be a safe and comfortable community for you to talk about it. It shouldn't be one where you have to secretly talk to whatever peer you have about the suicidal ideations that you're going through or some other mental health situation that you're going through or bullying situations that you're going through. In fact, I remember when I was younger, this is a story that I always bring up because it's so terrifying to me. I would always... Uh, well, the first part of it was I would always see these different um, these different bullying situations on the news. And it was always these youth, like I saw ages like four, five, six, so young, committed suicide. They had a plan to commit suicide. They took or they took, they died. They died by suicide. It's so terrifying. When yeah. I saw on... Um, uh, one time I was literally 14. This was towards the time when I was really first starting my race to speak of organization. And so um, there was this collage of um, like four, five, six, like just such young ages who died by suicide. It was so many boxes of these children with their names. And it's like, die by suicide, die by suicide. It was so terrifying. And so like, it actually brought tears to my eyes to see this. And so that's why I'm like, I know I need to do something. That's why I need to continue to do something. That's mm -hmm. why I'm so happy to see you all continuing to do something so that the youth doesn't have to go through this, so that no one has to go through this because no. no one should have to go through this. And bullying is a big part of it. You know, and as you know that, I mean, you know, when you can't get away from somebody that's bullying you, I, that just spirals you right into darkness. And then if you have somebody that you can't talk to, then that double spirals you into darkness. So it's just like, we can't, we go hand in hand, you know, if people are kinder to other people, if they're having this horrible, you know, moment in life, it wouldn't be so horrible if people were being bullies too, you know, so it's just, I mean, what you're doing is super important work on, you know, the other side of things that 
help us do what we're we're able to do. So they should have two things in schools. One is the whole anti-bullying. <laughs> the other thing is the mental health, you know? Yeah. Gotta teach the bullies not to be bullied somehow too, which get it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Which is just from your environment. I think it comes from your environment and how you're raised and the way you're yeah. treated at home, honestly. And this is why we need kids to, we need, you know, we need to start opening schools up to, you know, make kids feel safer. And so they can talk about these things. Cause I think a lot of kids, a lot of, I think hurt people hurt people. And I really think that a lot of these kids are acting. They're not even being asked if they are okay, or if they do need, right. like, I mean, just Chrissy, we have a hard time expressing our growing up. We didn't, we weren't, no one was asking us our needs and no, you know, so now it's harder for us to express that. And it, you know, and it's no one's fault. It's just the fact that we grew up in the environment we did. And, you know, now as adults, we are trying to work that into our lives. And, you know, for a lot of the, and that's why a lot of children are struggling when they grow up, because like you said, a lot of these mental, mental illness, the, a lot of these issues, like anything, you know, starts when you're younger. And I feel like it makes people feel as if they can't be fixed or helped, but it's never too late to try to work on yourself and to try to help yourself. And it's never too late to, you know, be the person you want to become. So we actually started, um, we had a couple of, uh, we have like kindergarten classes that make our blankets, which is, of course, they don't talk about, you know, depression and suicide, but they talk about being kind to other people. Like it's a kindness campaign. So, you know, when they're sitting there making blankets, they're making blankets to be kind to somebody else. So that's a very awesome age to start like you're making something to give somebody a big old hug you know and so we've had kindergarten teachers all the way up to um we just you know we have um uh nursing home folks that you know for motor skills they're making blankets too but in their heart they know they're also helping people as well you know and we'll take you know the nursing home blankets and we'll flip it into the cancer center who needs help too and they were made from either the kindergarten kids or the cancer center and collectively we put it online so everybody gets to see who made their blanket or where it came from so it's just like a big circle and i gotta be honest most of the time our recipients become our volunteers they are like i want to do this i want to help other people so the goodness in people start to come out and you know obviously the more good that comes out in you the more it comes out in your home environment and around you and you know i'm not gonna why I'm a better person today than I was six years ago because you know we got thrown into this but at the same time I've learned that you know depression comes in all all colors and sizes and you got to be like really empathetic to everybody you know can I ask you how many kindness blankets you've made so the funny question is um Last year, we were at 10,000. I just asked the question um, to, we order bags and tags, and that's generally how I know how many we make. Um, The first couple hundred, we didn't have bags. So we got to, it's kind of a weird thing. We we always go kind of around-ish. So I think we're up to about 12,000 right now. So we just got a number of 1,700 bags we got this past year. I know it's kind of crazy. That's right. That's awesome. Um, And we just ordered our new bags, which are like the color of your shirt blue. Um, Oh, I got to Wait, hold on. I gotta, I gotta show you mine just to like reminisce. Okay. He's got an OG. So, oh, here you go. One. Oh my God. My favorite color is blue. So, when you sent this, I was like, okay, this one's mine to my family. <laughs> I love it. So, oh yeah. So, 
this one. Isn't it so I, personal to you too? Don't you just take it and it's just yours, right? Don't touch my yeah. blanket. Don't touch my blanket. That, yeah. Especially when I first got it. Because <laughs> <laughs> my brother got like a, the orange one or he took the orange one. And I think my mom and dad just kind of had the silver one. So yeah. like, you know, I know you have guys have a bunch of different ones, but um, yeah. so yeah, it really is so like personal. I love it. And just- mm -hmm. That's awesome. I literally am using it to this day. Like we had the um, TLC, which of course is where we met. If, met. In fact, we should talk about that too. But um, yeah, we so uh, from that 2019 till now, 2022, it's amazing how, you know, you still have that hug from, you know, yeah. that Amy's kindness blanket hug. So it's such a nice thing. And we're still hugging you really, really tight every time you put it around you. Mm -hmm. So why don't we talk about TLC? Um, so TLC Give a Little was where we all met because we were all getting honored for our um, work with helping others and making a positive change. How was the how was that event for you guys? It was awesome. It was, you know, awesome. We we honestly didn't see it coming, right? So we had no idea we were nominated. Zero, zip, none. Um, even when they called us to told to tell us we were nominated, like I, you know, I, these are my nieces. And I was like, so nervous. I'm like, who are these people? Like, you know, we're on the internet. Who wants to talk to my beautiful nieces? Like what is going on? So, I mean, I literally had to vet them out. Like I had to go see if these were real people. They gave me their names, their address. I'm like Googling, I'm looking, I'm like, are you real? Um, and we ended up getting nominated from people that we didn't even know in California who got blankets from us, who say we saved their lives. Um, they're still in contact to us this day, but in all honesty, we had no idea. And when they had called us, I always tell the girls and the team that, you know, I, Annie's Kindness Blankets has become, is has been so easy for us, meaning that Everything that happens to us has just fallen into our lap. We're not seeking it out. We're not running after it. We're not chasing it. It just keeps happening and keeps coming and keeps getting bigger. And I always believe that their mom is our beacon of light and she is just showing us the way. And I always say to them, you know, whichever way this goes, we'll, we'll turn that way. I'll get across America and we have one person from every state or even more than one, that's fine. We'll set them up with, you know, the kit, whatever they need. And on March 30th, we're hoping that every state has somebody making an AKB, not only in honor of mom, or their mom, but in honor of, you know, all these other young and older lives that, you know, have left too soon. And also to touch people who, you know, may be having a tough time and whoever's making it each state can flip it right back to the person they want to. They don't have to get it back to us. If they know somebody that needs a hug, they can give it right back out. So on March 30th, we're going to hug it across America. Yeah, and this might be too early to say, but we do have um, a scholarship that we give to a senior from the high school that we are from, Abington High School in Massachusetts. Um, and it's called the Speaker Kind Scholarship. Um, and it's just some money um, to give to somebody who has kind of done what we've done and shown acts of kindness and shown how involved they are with their community and stuff like that. And how I feel like in the future, it would be great if we could do it at a multitude of high schools um, in our state or really anywhere. Um, so that's my hope for the future. But yeah, I always love doing that because I remember my high school was very helpful with scholarships and like my guidance counselor scholarships are such a big thing. Um, I know you're going to college, so yeah. take anything you can get because it's very helpful to have that. And their community, um, 
the school and their community just really rallied around these girls and you know that's part of our way of giving back to their community and their high school because they really rallied around them and you know made them feel like you know they had extra arms around them during a really difficult time I feel like that's why I hope too, like for the future that we can like I really do hope that someday like you know we can implement mental health into the school systems like I really that is like my lifelong dream like as a person that's what I want to do um and uh, yeah I mean I just uh, sorry I just lost what I was going to say again oh my god <laughs> well I think it's going to happen because uh we you know made a couple blankets and 12,000 blankets later here we are hugs across America <laughs> yeah that's so amazing I love see it's so good that we were able to really catch up in also good for me to learn some more new things so make sure you guys stay tuned with everything that they're up to um it was great to speak to all of you my last question for you all is um tell everyone how um they can find you so tell us your social media platforms and your website oh um christina or angela would you like (laughs) to say um on facebook and instagram we are just at annie's kindness blankets um, on TikTok, we are AKB underscore one four three, um, and then our website is info at Annie's Kindness Blankets. No, that's our email. Our email is info at Annie's Kindness Blankets dot org, and then our website is Annie's Kindness Blankets dot org. Um, and you can basically find anything you need on the website: how to contact us, how to donate, and how to request a blanket and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for joining me for the race. It was so nice to see you. It's always nice to see your face. And whenever I see you pop up on our social media or whatever, I'm like, oh, there's Devin. Like, you always make us happy. Well, you guys always make me happy when I see you guys giving out your Annie's kindness blankets. I'm putting mine <laughs> back on right now. They got the nice blue one. But it looks uh, crazy. thank you. It's so nice. It really is so nice and so soft too. That's awesome. After like two years of having this, it's still so soft. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you everyone who's listening. I hope to see you guys at future Race to Speak Up podcasts. If you have any questions about the Race to Speak Up podcast, feel free to contact me at racetospeakup at gmail.com. Make sure to follow at Race to Speak Up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for future updates on the podcast. Join the Humanity Rising movement. Humanity Rising offers scholarships for students making a difference in the world through service. Visit www.humanityrising.org for more information. And remember to ask yourself this question, how do you race to speak up?